welcome to Sounds Heal Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Brown, and thanks so much for joining me as we continue to explore the fields of sound healing and sound therapy, and generally using sound for health and wellness. Today we have Kelvin Young as our podcast guest, and he really has an inspiring story. For many years, he was caught in a vicious cycle of drug addiction and and struggled with depression, anxiety, and had prison time several times. Within prison, he found freedom from his addiction. Through his drug treatment program, he learned about meditation, sound healing, yoga, and expressive arts. Through These modalities and profound experiences, he found that he was able to let go of traumas, to release emotional distress and pain that were really at the root of his addiction. And through his own self-healing, his own transformation, he is now a community health worker and sound healer. He's also presenting throughout the country at conferences, retreats, colleges, yoga studios, prisons, addiction treatment centers, hospitals, mental health agencies, and other locations to, to share what he's learned and help as many people as he possibly can. We discuss his background from the challenges to finding freedom from addiction. We discuss why he thinks sound is so therapeutic and useful for overcoming traumas and addictions, how he sustains his recovery, and how he turned this from self-healing into what he does now, helping others and spreading joy. This episode is sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa, located in Sarasota, Florida, as well as online at theohmshop.com. They offer a large array of sound healing and vibrational medicine tools. They put customer service first, and they have so many wonderful offerings from their large showroom of quartz crystal singing bowls and instruments and tools to the learning center and online sound meditations. They also offer training as well. I'm very lucky to have been there a couple times to offer sound healing workshops and also have some coming up in 2021. So if you're ever near Sarasota, do consider stopping in and visiting them, their luxury spa, and check them online as well at theomshop.com. Thank you so much to the Ohm Shop and Spa for their sponsorship. Please enjoy this episode with Kelvin Young. Great. Well, thanks again so much for, for agreeing to do this and, and making time. I think that um, a great place to start just because, you know, we'll be talking a lot about what you do now, but it's important to kind of trace back as far as what, uh, you know, brought all this into your life that you do now. So um, if you could just tell us a bit about your, your background, um, the progression, and as much as you want to kind of talk about the difficulties that then led you to this wonderful work that you're doing now. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you, Natalie. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your show today and to share a little bit about my experience, strength, and hope, and recovery, and holistic ways to heal uh, with sound. It's, it's been, you know, an integral part of my healing process, and it's an honor to share it with, with you and, and everyone that's listening today. Uh, again, my name is Kelvin Young, and I'm a community health worker at Intercommunity inter Healthcare here in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, I work with people that's coming home from, from prison and, and connect them to uh, the different uh, integrated health care services we offered here, such as um, primary care, physical health care, uh, behavioral health, uh, mental health care, and also addiction uh, recovery services as well. And also work in the north end section of Hartford, um, Connecticut, which is a, a predominantly black um, community. And, you know, part of my work is to help to eliminate some of the racial health disparities within communities of color. And I'm also a certified sound healer, having opportunities to offer um, community individual sound healing sessions to people all over the country, which is, you know, it, it warms my heart. And I, I met so many different, interesting and wonderful, lovely people um, throughout my practice. Uh, but one of the most important things for me that I believe is so important for me to share that I'm also a person that's in long-term recovery, which means I haven't used alcohol or any other drug to deal with my emotional distress since March 6, 2009. And after many years of battling with depression, anxiety, and drug addiction, I found freedom from alcohol, from marijuana, from cocaine, from heroin, and even prescription drugs like Oxycontin, Vicodins, and Percocets and I began my healing journey in a drug treatment program within prison. And it was within this prison program that I learned about the transformative powers of yoga, meditation, sound healing, even creative expressive arts like poetry and journaling. And Natalie, I had a lot of misconceptions <laughs> about yoga, mm -hmm. about meditation, sound healing, um, because to be quite blunt, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me practicing these modalities. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think it was for me. You know, I honestly thought that yoga was for um, suburban rich white women mm -hmm. because of the way it's marketed and promoted here in, in the United States. And I thought, you know, sound healing, meditation was for Buddhists and hippies. So I, I didn't think it was for me. Mm -hmm. But I know the things I was doing prior to going to prison, it wasn't working for me no more. So I had to try something new and different. And by stepping out of my comfort zone and utilizing sound healing and meditation and yoga as a vehicle to go within, because I truly do believe that healing begins from within, I was able to find that sense of calmness and inner peace, even being in a very hostile and you know restrictive environment such as prison. But most importantly, I was able to understand the root causes of my experiences with addiction. And from my lived experience, I learned that it was the unhealed, unprocessed emotional pain that I experienced in my life, the unprocessed trauma that I endured, and the toxic chronic stress was at the root of my addiction. So I was reaching for something outside of myself to find a sense of relief from that distress, and I found it in alcohol and marijuana and cocaine and heroin and prescription drugs, and it worked for a while until it didn't work anymore, and it got caught up in that very vicious cycle of addiction. And that was a powerful, powerful, powerful learning experience for me, you know, and I could sit here today and say I'm grateful for my experiences, 
you know, with addiction. And I'm even grateful for my experiences of being incarcerated because it wasn't for those experiences, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. I won't be offering sound healing uh, to different people um, all across the country. I want to be working with people, returning citizens that's coming home back into our communities and connecting them to different healthcare um, services that we offer. And so I'm grateful for those experiences because I learned so much um, through my journey. Yeah, I mean, just let's unpack a couple of those things there. I think it took a couple of really pivotal things to to make that change. First of all, you had to be in a place that was actually offering those things. So that's pretty amazing. And then, of course, your own ability to get out of your comfort zone. I don't think everybody would do that. But you must have been at a point that you really something needed to to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got to the point, and I was in and out of prison, you know. Um, this was my fourth uh, prison sentence um, where I really got to that point where I was, you know, what we call sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm-hmm. you know. I got to that place where I was in and out of prison, my daughter, seeing her father, um, you know, going back and forth to to, to prison. Uh, she seen me very intoxicated on heroin and alcohol and other drugs. She see me verbally and physically abusive to her mother. She see me very violent in the streets. So something had to give. And being in that in that jail cell, I, I never forget laying on my bunk bed, you know, I got to that point of I surrendered. It wasn't defeat. It was surrendered. I had to surrender um, to a power that was much greater than myself. And once I was able to do that, you know, and my daughter, she was the inspiration for me uh, to really find that that inner motivation to, to, to take advantage of all the programs that was available while I was in prison to get the help that I so desperately needed. Because I wanted to be the man that my daughter could look up to and be proud of. So I took advantage of all the programs, the drug treatment program, the domestic violence program, um, the healing trauma program, all the support groups, NA, AA, all the different recovery support groups and, and programs that was available while I was in prison, I had to take advantage of because most times prison is a very restrictive environment and they don't necessarily care if you're doing something or not. You know, a lot of people just at that time watching Jerry Springer or or just, you know, um, really not utilizing their time wisely. Um, and I, I, I was one of those people, you know, you know in, in previous uh, bids. Um, but my last bid, I had to really make some necessary changes. And my daughter was that source of inspiration. And once I got into the drug treatment program, which was a four-month program, and it was in a, a separate unit inside the, the the prison. And they ran it like a drug treatment program, you know, Monday through Friday uh, from 8 to, to like 4 o'clock. You know, we had to do groups. You know, we had to do trainings and and different things that kept us busy like a like – a, um, a drug treatment program within the community. And after that, you know, four month program, you know, they hired me to be a peer mentor, which was helping other, you know, um, you know, people that was incarcerated uh, with me, other inmates, um, to help them with, with their addiction because there was a lot of drugs in prison as well too. Right. So it was easy to get high as long as you have what we call the commissary of uh, food because um, we use, you know, uh, the commissary of food as money or currency um, in prison. So long as you had enough commissary on your books, you know, you was able to buy whatever drug that you want. So therefore, it was great to have peer mentors there to really help us to 
you know, navigate through the prison system without using, without, you know, getting a ticket, without getting into trouble, because it is a very violent place as well, too, where a lot of men are wearing their masks because they can't show their true emotions. So they got to put on this bravado, so to speak, to really, um, you know, not show their insecurities or weakness or any other type of emotional vulnerability. So just, you know, having a, that peer mentor there to support us because the counselors went home at four o'clock, you know, but we were there all the time dealing with the negativities from the CEO, other inmates and the, 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 the risk of using drugs and having that peer mentor there just to talk to, just to connect with was so powerful, you know, and, and having, um, you know, the peer mentors running groups, having 12 step groups um, there, it, it just was, it was just very um, a powerful experience to have and, and having these different mind body practices. I'd never, you know, even fathom learning prison, you know, learning <laughs> yoga while in prison, you know, sure. or sound healing or meditation or these different holistic practices. Um, but once I was able to get out of my own way and incorporate these experiences for myself, it, it just really produced profound effects in my life. And, and it really helped me to shift the way I see myself, the world and the people in it. Can I ask how, how was sound healing presented? Uh, was it was a group setting and somebody would come in and, and play for you or what was that experience like? For me, for me, sound healing was, I learned meditation, you know, and, you know, I sat, you know, um, because they, they did like group sessions, you know, they did eight weeks, one, uh, one group um, a week, where I learned uh, meditation, where I just was sitting with myself, you know, focusing on my breath um, in a group setting. And, you know, that was very profound and powerful. Um, but uh, in the beginning stages, I was very distracted. You know, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I was always <laughs> focusing on something else, you know, easily, you know, then I, I'll bring myself back, you know, to, to my body, back into my breath, which was that in itself was the practice, I guess, you know. Um, but then once I started listening to different sounds and music with my headphones, you know, um, a little uh, uh, like a Walkman we had um, while in prison. You know, I was able to listen to different sounds, and there was a particular stations that I listened to. Um, one of them were, was called Echoes, and uh, it's a syndicated broadcast, and they they played different soundscapes, different music um, from uh, amazing sound healers and different other mm. um, you know practitioners of sound and musicians. And uh, I started meditating with that sound and 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 music, and you know, it got to the point where I wasn't in prison anymore you know mm -hmm. I just kind of like transcend but in the beginning it was like a it was that anchor to keep me into the present moment you know whereas oftentimes just sitting in silence or just focusing on my breath you know my mind wanders so so many different places but having that sound to be that anchor to keep me present and then once I, I kind of went from that you know that that conscious state of, 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 of beta, that waking state down to the alpha, you know, that theta state, you know, I was able to transcend, you know, that, that, that prison um, walls that I was in and, and really go to another place. And it, it just was, was a powerful experience, um, really incorporating sound into my meditation practice. And to me, that was my first show, um, initial experience uh, was sound healing because I, I believe that was the sounds that I was listening yeah. to, mm -hmm. even though it was on the headphones, it was a very profound experience and very transformative uh, and very healing and allowed me to just really um, shift um, 
a lot within my heart and really connect to those emotions that I suppress for a very long time and allow it to come to the surface in order to be healed. Because I, I believe it's so important for us to feel before we heal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you're describing truly your own self-healing through, mm. through this process. And, and what's amazing is that through going through that yourself, your own self-healing and experiencing, it then turns into what you do now is, is helping other people that have uh, been through similar, you know, overcoming traumas and addictions. Yeah. And I'm just curious, how, how did that, you know, once, once you got out, what was mm-hmm. kind of the first, it sounds, you know, just from reading your bio, you know, what a list of communities that you've now helped. So what was kind of the first thing uh, that, that you did as soon as you were, you were able to, once you got out? I was excited, you know, to, mm-hmm. to just really live this new life, you mm-hmm. know, by being a peer mentor, I, you know, had a desire to, to help other people that's going through addictions or making that transition back to the community from prison. But I, I was so nervous too, because this was my first time ever living a life without the use of alcohol and other drugs. And I have four older brothers, three of us, um, you know, three of them, they, they, they used, you know, they smoked, they drank. Um, and they use drugs and, and that was our way of connecting with one another, if that makes sense, you know, that's, that's how we bonded, you know, we bonded by, by drinking or smoking a blunt or some Mm -hmm. weed or doing some Coke. That's how we, we connected to one another Mm -hmm. and not having that, that bond, so to speak, or that, that glue, so to speak, to kind of like connect us all together. Cause even though addiction brought me down some very dark paths, but there's some times that I I enjoyed, you know, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way I related with my family and a lot of my friends as well too, it was all going to have to change because it might sound cliche, but people, places, and things, I necessarily had to, I really had to change in order to live a, a life without the use of alcohol and other drugs. So I was excited, but I was also anxious as well, too, and very nervous. And once I was released um, from prison and and having this new way of of, 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 of looking at life and my different way of, of experiencing life and having tools to deal with my anxiety, to deal with my depression, to deal with um, all these these intense raw human emotions that I experienced for a very long time and where I use drugs um, to cope with it, I have different tools. And my um, mother of my daughter, um, she took me to a live sound healing session. Uh, there's a place in Connecticut called the Conduit mm-hmm. Center. And um, it's, it's a strictly sound healing, sound meditation um, space. Mm-hmm. And once I <laughs> experienced <laughs> live, the sounds of the gong, um, the different metal bowls from, from the Himalayas, uh, the ocean drum, um, just the, the, the crystal singing bowls, and all these different holistic healing tools, you know, I just automatically fell in love with mm-hmm. the experience because I, I just, it just took me to a place where I felt a sense of oneness, um, to all that is, you know, the sense of, of connectedness to all that is. And the word, the one word that I can describe the feeling that I had with these, that experience with sound healing, my first um, live experience with sound healing was love. Mm-hmm. It was that mm-hmm. unconditional agape love that I was missing for a very long time that I was like trying to fill that, that emptiness or that void with alcohol, with drugs, with sex, the gambling, all these different things. I was trying to fill that 
you know, that try to fill that that hole that that was missing within me for a very long time. And once I experienced the liveness of the sounds and the vibrations and frequencies from these different healing tools, it's just that that sense of of love, that that, that connectedness um, to a divine source, a d- divine power that was so so powerful. And I felt like it, it was a re um, a reunion, so to speak, a reconnecting to um, the true essence of who I, I truly am. And it was just a very powerful experience. And I loved the experience when I was in prison, you know, with the sound, the headphones. But once I was able to experience it live, I just automatically fell in love. And I had to, um, you know, do my own research. And I, you know, I was I was doing meditation. But I, once I, you know, meditation uh, with sound, once I, I incorporate sound in, into my practice, it just was a whole different ball game for me where I was able to, you know, learn about sound healing, um, go to different schools and trainings and really dive deep into the practice, into the science of, of, of healing with sound. And, you know, it, it just was a, a powerful tool that I was able to utilize to help me to um, deal with the stresses, deal with the, um, the, the transformation that I was making in my life. And once I was able to incorporate into my life and really utilize it in a way that was effective to me, um, to not resort back to drinking or doing cocaine or heroin or prescription opiates where I was able to deal with, you know, um, life on life terms with different ways to, of dealing with it, you know, such as these holistic practices and, and holistic therapies that I learned while in, while in prison. And, you know, it, it, it was, um, you know, uh, a long journey for me, you know, mm-hmm. whereas, in, especially in, in, a, in the beginning stages of my early recovery, um, but I had tools, I had resources, um, had a, a loving uh, support for my, um, my family and, and people that, that forgave me for the poor cho- choices I made in my life and all the so-called poor choices I made in my life and the things that I, I've done um, that caused harm to many people. Um, once they started seeing me making um doing the next right thing, so to speak, you know, people started coming into my life and, and really being that aid and support, um, which I believe we need um, in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really, really took that experience of, of finding that love what that true, true feeling of mm. love and that sense of awe that you experienced at that in person sound meditation to really know that there was no turning back after that I mean yeah yeah I mean you explained several ways uh you know having the support and but how do you how do you sustain your recovery what are what are some aspects of that in in your own practice in in my own practice like support is 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 huge whether it's professional support from you know I'm a therapist I have a therapist of my own that I, I talk to um twice a month that helps me to um, deal with the trauma and the pain that I experienced in my life, you know, um, you know, I have a loving partner, a girlfriend, she's there for me, and she really supports me. Uh, my daughter, the, the relationship is is great with my daughter now. Um, my father, he's still alive. You know, he's been um, a rock for me mm-hmm. uh, for a very long time, since day one, you know, so I'm grateful for him as well, too. And, you know, I had to learn to love a lot of people, including family members, and friends I had to learn to love them from a distance. And um, so I had to, you know, develop new relationships with, with people in my life and having issues with trust, you know, because people that I've known for 20 years, even though um, it was a toxic relationship, I trusted that 
um, connection and that bond that we had, you know. Yeah. So therefore, meeting new people and 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 confiding in people and learning to trust people, um, I had to I had to learn that, you know. And it, it was very scary um, um, to do that, mm-hmm. you know. So therefore, having that support system is I, I believe is so important. So having those professional supports, those natural supports for my loved ones, and even community supports, you know, like the 12-step community, um, the holistic community. We, we have a, a thriving holistic community here um, in Connecticut. And I'm able to just really uh, tap into different uh, classes. You know, I started doing a lot of yoga when I first um, got out of prison. And um, then I, I recently recently got into more of, of, of Qigong, um, you know, I love spending quality time in nature. Um, music has been my therapist for a very, very long time because there's always a song, a melody, a beat um, that can connect to any raw human emotion that I'm experiencing in my life, whether it's sadness and grief, despair, or is it love and joy and happiness and any other emotion in between. The music has a way of just a profound way of really just connecting um, to any of those raw human emotions and allow me to process them in a very healthy and therapeutic way. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful how how sad music, when you're feeling sad, can make you feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's just the power, the transforming the powers of sound. So sound always been there for me, um, you know, for a very long time. I think that's why I connected so much with sound and sound healing because I was a DJ back in uh, the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and, and music, yeah, music was always had this connection and love affair with music. And, you know, that's, that's been a very integral part of my, my healing journey as well. And just having that support is, is huge. Um, and, and really just doing the inner work. It's so important that I, I, I do the inner work on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I started that inner work process while in prison um, in the drug treatment program and the counseling and, and the yoga and the meditation and the sound healing. So I was able to look at that, that darkness or, or, or that pain. Um, I didn't realize that at the root of my addiction was, was the trauma. You know, it was right. the, it was the um, emotional um um, pain that I was able to express in a healthy way and only emotion I was able to express in a very toxic way was anger mm-hmm. and once that anger was filled um, with alcohol and other drugs that anger easily turned into rage mm-hmm. and got me into a lot of a lot of trouble you know and underneath that anger I realized there was a lot of, of fear a lot of insecurity a lot of doubt a lot of poor self-esteem um, and as a man growing up in, in America, you know, we, we're taught to suppress those emotions. Um, but today I learned how to, to feel those emotions, to express those emotions in a very healthy way and get better results to do that. And that's all part of the inner work that I'm still on that, that journey that really helped me to, to do that. And also putting together goals, you know, um, once I, I got out of prison, um, that was my first uh, real desire to set goals, realistic, healthy goals for myself and, and, and achieve them, you know, go back to school because I ended up, you know, dropping out of school when I was 17 years old. I was able to, you know, go to school and, 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 and not only get my GED, but go further my education into, um, into addiction re- uh, recovery work, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to write a book and to just really be of service um, to people, you know, and, and even being of service, it helps me to um, sustain my sobriety uh, in my life and, right. and just really 
really staying connected to my support system as well. Mm -hmm. So just really, you know, doing that inner work, um, you know, setting those goals, um, short-term goals, long-term goals, and really staying committed, you know, and staying connected uh, to my support system and, um, and really uh, relying on them and not allowing my pride and my ego get in the way of seeking out support and help when I need it. Right. Right. So just really a well-rounded um, ways for your own self-care, but helping other people just keeps you uplifted. And Absolutely. You know, you made a really good point throughout this that, that I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, when you first were introduced to these types of things, you went out of your comfort zone. But it's mm -hmm. interesting that there is something about music that is more approachable uh, right. for, for all people. I mean, truly, mm -hmm. everybody feels the effects of music. And when it comes to overcoming these these traumas, these kind of um, suppressed emotions that often revolve around addictions, wh why do you think it is that sound is so therapeutic and useful for addictions? I think music and sound... Is, is a, it's like a universal language, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So it's it just really able to connect people from all walks of life, you know. Um, another practice that, that really helped me um, to, to sustain my sobriety is a static dance. And when I go to a static dance, you know, we listen to different music and sounds and how different people from all walks of life, we come together in that space, before COVID anyway, we come to, together in the space and we just like, not worrying about skin color, not worrying about, you know, our, our, our gender or sexual preference. We come and just really connect to the music, connect with the sounds and the vibrations and how, how healing it is. With, just with the movement in itself, it helps to release a lot of that trauma that's in our bodies. But listening to the music, it helps us to take us to another different place. And it unifies us. It connects us um, from, from people from all walks of life. So... I believe that music is, is that unifier for us. You know, it, it has a way of connecting people from all walks of life, regardless of um, the differences that we that we may um, have physically that we can see. Um, a certain song can really just bring out the similarities that we have mm -hmm. um, together. You know, so music is so um, powerful, and and I love you know when I do sound healing sessions, whether it's a group session or individual session. Um, I love bringing it to different people from all walks of life, you know, particularly in my community in, in communities of color, where there's a lot of, of stigma, you know, associated with a whole bunch of things, you know, and there's a lot of misconceptions as well to holistic therapies such as, you know, sound healing and, and, and yoga and these different types of practices. So people are more skeptical to experiencing it. Right. And what really helps me to, to, people to bring the walls down is when I share my story, how sound has been so beneficial to me in my life. But once they actually experience the sound, and I brought this into prisons, I brought this into uh, colleges and universities, I brought this into, um, you know, different um, cities here in Connecticut and, and different other places um, around the country as well, too. And and in seeing how people's attitude change about sound healing and sound therapy. And the, the most profound one was when I went to prison, um, I was working with a bunch of, of, of no, they're teenagers, but it, it was a prison uh, for, for juveniles. And, you know, when I first went in there, when I bought the crystal bowls and the gongs, and I, I'm, I'm surprised that 
that the Department of Correction allowed me to bring these instruments in, <laughs> first of all, but I got approved because they, they, they really understand the power of music therapy or sound therapy. Mm -hmm. So I got approved to let this in and, and to really offer um, a sound healing um, session, a part of the smart recovery uh, program they have in addiction services program. And so I shared my story and experiences. And when I, they seen the crystal bowls, they're like, you know, what the hell is that? What is going on? You, you know, you just hear the snickers and the laugh and mm -hmm. the, the joking around. And, you know, when I got into my story and after they experienced it, they were like, yo, oh, my God, the Miss Counselor, you know, can you, can you come back again next week? You know, the sounds, I've never been so relaxed in my life. You know, oh, my God, what's, how you do that? You know, then, right. then they wanted to actually do it for themselves. You know, they took turns, you know. And where they was actually playing the crystal bowls with the mallet and how I taught them how to use the meadow um, cool. in the bowls that I have from Paul. And, you know, it, it was just a, a cool experience and just to see that. And most of the people besides one person um, was was a, was a black male, you know, so therefore, you know, just kind of like talking about taking away those misconceptions that we may have about these practices and really incorporating it into it. You know, it's part of my mission as well, too. So I'm putting that, that face and voice into sound healing and sound therapy because, you know, oftentimes we don't see too many Black sound therapists or sound healers doing these things, you know. And that's why I'm so, so visible and, and, and with marketing and promotion and, and really going to different communities, you know, all across the country to really show that, okay, you know, this is not just for... Oh, let me put it this way. Anybody could benefit from right. the, the holistic um, and transformative powers of sound, you know, and how we do already have that connection with sound and music, which I believe music is organized sound, you know, we already have that connection to it. So therefore, okay, you know, and how sound could, take, could put us into a calm, relaxed state, how it can energize us if we need that as well, too, and, and help us to relieve a lot of stress um, that, that that's in our bodies, you know, because there's a saying, a lot of our issues live in our tissues. So a lot of the trauma that we suppress in our bodies, those uncomfortable, uncomfortable emotions that we suppress, it's in our bodies, it's in our muscles, it's in our tissues. Our cells have memory and our body keeps score of all the experiences that we go through in our lives. And what I love about the vibrations and frequency um, and, and sound from the different healing tools that I utilize, it penetrates to the cellular level and helps to release a lot of that, that stuck emotions or the stagnant um, energies that's in our bodies or the, the trauma that, that's in our bodies. And it, it's, it's released, you know, and I've done many sound healing sessions and, you know, have people like, like bawling, you know, you know, crying their eyes out. And that's a beautiful way that, that the trauma and, and those emotions could come out of our bodies in the form of tears, you know, people get different tingling sensations in certain parts of the body, certain tremors they come out. To me, that's that energy moving, you know, is ready to be, to be moved. Um, many people talk about the different colors and, and visions and, and thoughts that come to their conscious awareness they haven't thought about in a very long time. So all that is just that, that, that suppressed emotions or that suppressed trauma in our body that's trying to be released and you know and people experiencing sound healing sessions they get to witness that for themselves you know and i didn't even mention about the the spiritual mm -hmm. <laughs> you know right. um the spiritual um aspects of of sound therapy and sound healing how it can really connect us to um a, a sense of, of higher power and 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 connect us to the true essence of who we are mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's that was a really great description of 
the different kind of healing responses people can have and that mm. these releases, these, these ways to kind of let go of what we've been holding on to are, yes. are so beneficial. Yeah. You know, and you also mentioned a, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you know, that experience that when you brought the bulls and all that into the prison is, mm-hmm. and them getting to participate, I think there's just such empowerment that you were mm. providing there that they, they were able to also participate and, not just receive. I think that's really important as well. That's so true, Natalie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I am curious, especially during these times this year where, you know, people are, were actually being told to isolate themselves. Mm-hmm. I would think, I would wonder that, you know, kind of these addictions, these, these traumas, gosh, it's just more, more challenging and more difficult um, I don't know if you're seeing that or are, are, oh, there, yes. are there things you can suggest, you know, to help people build strength when, when they aren't as close to, and, to people and, and, and connecting with other people? Yeah. And, you know, you know, the, the government is telling us to, you know, physically distance ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, rightly so. Um, but I do know that isolation and, and the stress that's that's coming up from from the COVID because not only it's a, a physical and mental health crisis that we're dealing with with COVID, it's also an economic crisis as well too. Um, many people are losing their jobs. Many people are losing their businesses. Um, you know, and just how that that um, collateral damage happens uh, when you lose their job. You know, so everybody's feeling stress and tension. And people like myself that's that's in or seeking recovery. You know, from alcohol and other drugs. You know, social isolation and chronic stress are major contributors to setbacks and relapses, you know. So many people are are just really feeling it at this time, you know, whereas addiction rate is high right now. Overdose rates is high right now. Uh, suicide rate is high right now. Domestic violence rate is high right now. Child abuse rates is high right now. And all those statistics telling me that a lot of people dealing with a lot of intense emotions and don't know have no don't have healthy outlets uh, to release those emotions and, 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 and traumas in their lives, you know? And, and so what I've been um, sharing with people is, okay, you know, they're really, you know, we're, we're taught to physically distance ourselves and particularly in, in April and May when a lot of things were closed, where we had to rely on our virtual communities. And there's nothing like like in-person community to me, mm-hmm. but the virtual communities, it really helped me throughout this process, you know, whereas, you know, the communities that I built on social media, um, the communities and, and the events that we've been doing on Zoom and other uh, virtual platforms, it gave me that sense of connectedness mm-hmm. because I truly do believe that connection is the cure for feelings of isolation, loneliness, depression, and different other types of emotional distresses that we experience in our lives. And, and having the opportunity to connect virtually and just to kind of share what's going on in our lives and to um, offer each other tools and resources um, to deal with the challenging times, that was very healing and therapeutic for me. You know, whereas a lot of the, the therapy sessions are, are they was able to, um, make that transition to do therapy online, you know, or, or virtually. So therefore, you know, if a lot of emotions coming up for us, you know, we can, if we have access to, to seek therapy, um, we have that, that access now, but also just connecting to our friends, our loved ones, checking in on, on people. Um, that's, that's so um, healing in, in his way as well too. So having, and there's a whole bunch of, of, of meetings and different things that was going on that, that people move, 
um, to the to the virtual platforms mm-hmm. as well too. So that was very huge as well. Um, and just really learning more about yourself because during um, the quarantine or or you know just being kind of stuck at home. You know, it was a very intense time, don't get me wrong. You know, but at the same time, it was an opportunity as well. Right. Because, you know, I believe it's a Chinese proverb where, you know, there's, in, a, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. And even though we're dealing with, um, you know, a crisis situation with, with the pandemic, but it was also opportunity. And for me, it was opportunity to learn more about myself. You know, you know, go on that journey of self-discovery. What do I like? What have I been putting off for a very long time? You know, what I've been, you know, wanting to do, but I'm saying I don't have time to do it. And, you know, I picked up different hobbies um, while I was, you know, during this this this, this transition period, um, particularly during the, um, the late spring, summertime, you know, I, and um, I was able to learn a lot more about myself. And another thing that I've seen um, during like that, that May, June time was a lot of families, um, you know, walking um, together, you know, I've seen um, in certain families, you know, we was able to go outside, uh, families playing in parks and, and just riding their bikes together and people getting, you know, many people getting animals and mm-hmm. um, to, to be of support um, or therapy dogs, you know, uh, or any other type of pet that's, that's therapeutic for them. Um, you know, to me, that, that, was, that was beautiful. And, and one thing I know about the human spirit is we are resilient. We know how to bounce back from from challenges and 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 struggling situations. And I think about my body, how powerful our bodies are. You know how it's it's always looking to bring us back, uh, bring us back home, back into homeostasis, back into balance. You know, and oftentimes when we get tipped off, tipped up, or or stressed out, or overwhelmed, or off balance, you know, the the the, the resiliency of the human spirit, it can really bring us back into into proper balance, and and. And I was able to witness that from many people, um, just really figuring themselves out, trying new things, moving past their comfort zone, and just really connecting with each other in a very authentic and real way. And that was a very beautiful thing to to witness mm-hmm. and experience. Yeah. yeah, right. And I think just it's such an important time to invest in yourself, which mm-hmm. I mean is is truly your your story since that that massive change that you had, that realization is invest, you know, invest in myself, grow, learn, and then in turn, that will help just so many people. And, you know, I'm curious, you're, you're on so many boards uh, of directors, you're in so many organizations and communities, um, helping people. What, what part of your work is most important right now? What do you really feel growing and expanding and, or something that you're just very curious about how it's going to, to manifest uh, in the near future? I think um, sitting on these bowl, these boards and these organizations and and in these prestigious positions, it's all good and all, mm-hmm. you know. But my heart is grassroots, you know what yeah. I mean. And to me, it's all about the people, you know, and really bringing holistic healing and wellness uh, to the communities, you know, because we need that more than ever now, mm-hmm. you know. And in our higher culture, you know, it's kind of designed to kind of like just. I don't know, just really focus on material things and, and you know, having a big home or cars or a lot of money in the bank or, you know, you know, look at me, this is me, look how good I look, you know, but yet they're suffering in silence, you know. So my, my job and my, my main goal is to really help people to take off their mask, 
you know, come back together in community like my ancestors did because we thrive in community, you know, and it seemed like we lost that in a way and how this COVID, you know, was the opportunity for, for families to to come back together again, to support one another, how, how people was um, so disconnected um, to each other and had an opportunity to reconnect with themselves, reconnect with other people and really support each other in a very authentic and real way. So my, my job, my role really is to really bring that, that authenticity back, you know, and, and, and our connection back uh, in a community sense, which, whether it's virtual or I've been doing a lot of outdoor um, community events as well too. And, and we, we practice all the guidelines that we need to follow here in Connecticut. Um, but, you know, people often tell me they, they're missing that, you know, they, they're missing that sense of connectiveness. And, you know, you know, it's just how do I allow people to come together and just really connect with their emotions and feel supported? You know, how do we put together a care plan for ourselves, you know, and not only a self-care plan, a community care plan as well too mm-hmm. you know is how do we take care of each other as a community and how do we take care of ourselves as individuals as, as well too and i believe they go together hand in hand so really kind of just like bringing all that back you know what i mean last night um i did a a sound healing for um a sisterhood um a sisterhood um sharing circle which was a beautiful experience. We was we was all outside, um, you know. We the chairs was was distance apart. We had a fire going, and you know emotions came up, you know. And I was honored um, um, to leave that that circle, um, where we were just able to just kind of like just check in with one another. How are we feeling? What are we grateful for? Um, where are we at emotionally? You know, what word to describe the emotion that we we're at? And it could be any 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 emotion, and how I use. Um, that opportunity to create a, a sacred and safe space for people to be vulnerable, people to share their emotions and the support that came along with this, the sisterhood, um, how they was able to allow another person to be seen, to be heard, to be valued um, just as they are and how the tears came, how the laughter came and how this, the connectedness of it came. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what I believe that we need and how music and sound and food it always it has that power and potential to connect people right. and I, i'm really am all about that connection is really how do we connect first to ourselves how do we connect to our hearts how do we connect back to our bodies because we feel like we're so disconnected from our bodies as well as our hearts and how do we connect with other people in a very authentic and real and and, and healing way you know so that's 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 like the main work and how you know we could do this for ourselves we could do this within our communities and this will be have a ripple effect um, in the in the places that we work at, in our in our workplace, um, you know, in our families, in our in our homes, you know, and and just in, in other other places that that we 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 thrive in community at. So it, it just it starts with it starts with us, and just really taking care of ourselves and doing the inner work we need to do in order to heal. But also we can't do it alone, and that's where where people and connection and community comes into play. And I'm just want to be that facilitator to really bring all that uh, connection back to people and using sound, music, and vibrations and frequencies to be that bridge or be that connector for us mm. in this, in this, mm-hmm. in, this commun- in my communities that I serve. That, yeah, that's beautifully said. I mean, what's so, so interesting is 
obviously focusing on yourself first, but then it becomes contagious, you know, if Mm -hmm. if you're able to gather and do this in in groups, which I'm so glad that that you're able to outdoor and just making Mm -hmm. that work, uh, that connection happens and it just brings in so much, uh, you know, vibration and light Mm -hmm. and um, just uh, filters out into everybody's world and everything that, that they're doing in their life. It just continues to grow and grow. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was really beautifully uh, put, and Thank I can you. tell that you are definitely holding space for mm. for people in your community, and that's just really beautiful. And Thank by the way, Natalie. congratulations! I, I I believe I saw that you were just inducted into the the CT Hall of Change this yes. month. Can you tell me about yes. what's that's what is that about? It's such an honor, you know, with to be inducted to the Connecticut Hall of Hall of Change, which consists of eight different people, which they call the Great Eight. That's been something that's first of its kind, but they they plan to um, um, bring it out to, to all 50 states. Um, and really, how we honor and recognize um, people that's been in prison and how they change their life around and actually making um, great contributions to uh, to their communities. Um, as well too, and this is something that's that's um, in part with um, our organization's um, founder of of Hang Time, uh, which is Charlie Grady. He's um, he's a FBI agent, and he worked with a lot of uh, people coming home from federal you know prisons, and he wanted to create space where we could honor people that's you know been to prison, have a desire to make some changes in their lives. And give back to the communities, and, and once they was you know able to really um, break the chains of recidivism and in, in and out of prison, and really con- you know connect and do the inner work, and really give back to the community, he wanted to honor them and recognize them and memorialize them as well too. Whereas um, in the um, we have uh, in Connecticut we have the Newgate uh, Prison Museum, and there's there's a a, a hall dedicated. Um, to the great eight um, for the hall of change and whereas people go to listen to their to our videos um, see our pictures and they create a, a speaker bureau whereas you know we might be doing a lot of stuff online virtually right now but just really um, promoting hope positivity for people that's coming home or even in prison and maybe give them that light back you know in their hearts you know give them a sense of hope you know, just because they're in prison, that's, that's you know, um, you know, for majority of people that's that's incarcerated are coming home, over 95% of people. So therefore, just because, um, you know, you, you, you've you been incarcerated or just because you're incarcerated now and you have um, um, a release date and you're coming back into the community, there's ways that you can uh, change your life, learn from your poor um, choices that you made and just really um, be uh, a, a contribution to our, com- our communities and um, you know it's just an honor to to um, be one of the uh, eight initiates um, into the Connecticut Hall of Change and you know and, and, and it all started in, in prison you know right. and like, like I was saying I, I you know I'm grateful for all those experiences because it wasn't for those experiences I wouldn't be the man that I am today right. and finding that sense of, 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 of purpose uh, finding that sense of hope um, it's just been been just just so rewarding in its own way, you know, and, um, you know, I often call prison divine intervention, you mm-hmm. know, because I was taken out of my element, so to speak. And if I would have stayed in my element, um, I would have probably 
hurt myself or ended my life or something would have happened that I've been in jail for a very long time or just something something bad. But that divine intervention where they took me out of my element, put me into a place where I couldn't leave. But I had an opportunity, the opportunity to do the inner work I needed to do in order to heal. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that opportunity um, to do the inner work that mm -hmm. I needed to do, you know, in order to heal. And, you know, if it's okay, Natalie, mm -hmm. I'd love to share a poem that I wrote while I was in the drug treatment program Absolutely. Um, yeah. within prison. And by first learning meditation, then meditating with sound, practicing sound meditation, I was able to really go within and, and connect to those raw human emotions that I suppressed and that trauma that I suppressed for a very long time and allow it to bring it to the surface, to be integrated, to be processed, to be transmuted mm -hmm. and to be released and healed. And I found a, a powerful outlet to utilize, which was expressive arts, which was poetry. Mm -hmm. and, and by using that tool to, to express myself in a very healthy and authentic way, it, it was, it's been very therapeutic uh, for me. And it's, it's very therapeutic for me to even recite the poem. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to share with you and your audience today. That'd be great. And the name of this poem is called Eyes of a Silent Sun. Look into my eyes and tell me what you see. Is it a lost soul with no control, trying to be free? As I look into the mirror and stare into my eyes, I see all the anger and self-hate, hypocrisy and lies. I see resentment, frustration, embarrassment and pain. I see jail bars and fancy cars as I cruise down the memory lane. I see the feelings I repressed going back to childhood I need to let go of those feelings. I would if I could. I see the hurt that I caused to the ones I love the most. I see my brother on his wedding day as we celebrate with a toast. I see the good and bad times that I experienced in my life, but it's so hard to let go of all that bitterness and strife. There's a sense of sadness when you look into my eyes, like the ones you see when a close relative dies. But this death is not physical. It has to do with the soul. It's that morbid feeling we get when our spiritual energy is low. It's like nothing matters anymore. Like that day when I was fired. Feeling depressed and weak. Can't sleep, but I'm so tired. I'm tired of all the pain, the hurt, and the rain. From that cloud that keeps following me. Sometimes I think I'm insane. But when I look out the window and see the beauty of the lake, it reminds me of good times, like when I was nine and things were fine. And with the sunrise, I can feel the presence of the creator. When I look out my window, I see me in the beauty of nature. I'm a part of God's creation, nature, and humanity. The love and spirit that's in Jesus is also in me. So I learned to love myself and others just for who we are. And I learned all about this love looking out my window with jail bars. And for me, you know, I learned about love in a very unusual place behind bars. And by going within and, and utilizing meditation um, to be still and using sound to be that vehicle to really go within, I was able to connect to the shame and guilt that often keep people like myself in active addiction in that very vicious cycle of addiction. But I was able to move past that shame and guilt and connect to the true essence of who I am. And I believe the true essence that you and all the people that's listening today 
are. The essence I'm talking about is the unconditional agape love. I believe love is more than just the, you know, human emotion or emotion. I believe love is a vibration. It's a frequency and it's a natural state of being. So once I was able to shift um, my mentality, you know, the way from a victim mentality, oh, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a convicted felon, I'm a high school dropout, to a more of a victorious or empowered mentality that I'm a person that's in recovery from alcohol and other drugs. And if I want to get metaphysical, I know that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. Mm -hmm. That really helped me to shift the way I see myself, the world, and the people in it. Because the same divine love and essence that created the sun, the moon, the stars, and all the beauty of nature created me, created each and every one of you. Then from that perspective, it just allowed me just to see things in a whole new, different, bright light. And I owe this all by going within with meditation and really helping me to stay anchored and centered and grounded with sound. And once I was able to experience that sound and my first experience, and when I felt that sense of unconditional agape love, it just, just kind of like just was confirmation for me. Uh, this is the direction I need to go. This is what I need to share and introduce to people that might have the same misconception that I had, you know, that, that make you think it's, it's that maybe it's woo-woo or not for them or just some type of, you know, whatever. And it could be those experiences. <laughs> but I want to, I want to like, just kind of like um, ground it you know, and, and to allow people to, okay, this, you could benefit from this, right. mind, body, emotions, spirit, you could benefit from this, and allow people to make that step up Jacob's ladder, so to speak, on their own, but utilizing that tool of sound to help them to be that facility for them on their evolutionary process, and mm -hmm. it's just been a, it's just been a, a beautiful journey, just mm -hmm. sharing sound, sharing music, sh you know, sharing the holding space with one another, with one, with each other, and just just having the opportunity to do that, even in the midst of of, of the COVID nineteen, mm -hmm. even in the midst of of the racial tensions that we experience in um, in our lives as well too, which which you know it, it's it's very traumatizing to see black and brown bodies being murdered, being killed, you know. And I'm so grateful that I have these tools in my life, you know, to help me to to deal with the trauma, the vicarious trauma of seeing a, another person um, being murdered, of seeing um, George Floyd being murdered um, on, on on social media like that. Mm -hmm. It just really hurt me to the core. It brought up so much raw human emotions, such as grief, sadness, anger, fury, all these intense emotions. And after watching that video, I literally had to take my socks and shoes off and go outside in nature and, mm -hmm. and truly root mm -hmm. and ground myself. Then after a few minutes, I went into the house and grabbed my singing bowl and I started playing. I did a live sound healing session on, on Facebook just to, and I talked a little bit about, you know, my process, what's going on, how I'm feeling. I was able to share my heart and offer some sound. Um, and, and that really helped me to, to bring me back into, into balance. Mm. But I didn't realize how triggering watching that video, seeing Aubrey, seeing George being, in, being uh, murdered and killed like that um, until the next day where I woke up with a very heavy heart and I had to put on some music. Cause like I said, music is my therapist and I put on some public enemy on um, welcome to the terror dome, eighties mm -hmm. hip hop band, not, uh, excuse me, eighties, nineties um, hip hop band. And it allowed me to really 
process those emotions and allow me to, to release those that anger, that frustration, that trauma in the form of tears, where I was able to like just release that in, in, in the tears. And that allowed me to feel much better. And I'm so grateful for the tools I have in my life, the holistic practices, sound healing, um, qigong, being out in nature, uh, meditation. And I'm so grateful for the supports that I have in my life too, that I could call and reach out and talk to um, when I'm feeling those, those raw, intense human emotions, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And all started with my process of doing the inner work while I was in prison. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Wow. Very grateful. It really, it really is inspiring if you, because you express it as an opportunity, right? These mm -hmm. were, these were challenges, these were ex experiences, but an opportunity, which now, you know, through your journey, you can help others navigate their journey yes. and, and just to yes. really look at it that way. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It, it helps me to, to really look at it that way, but not to escape the emotion or escape the, the intensity. Um, I need to validate my raw human emotions where, wherever it may be. So some, you know, I learned to sit with my emotion instead of reaching for something outside of myself, mm -hmm. such as alcohol and other drugs uh, to, to numb that pain, to escape that pain. I learned to sit with it, process it in a healthy way, then figure out, okay, where, where, what's this emotion, this intense emotion teaching me? What wisdom that I could find in these raw human emotions um, that I could learn from and grow from? And um, that process allows me to, you know, look, really look at the world, myself and others in a different light and able to respond instead of emotionally reacting. Because when I tend to emotionally react to situations, I say things and I do things that mm. I later regret. Mm -hmm. So I'm more mindful of that today. Yeah. Well, Kelvin, thank you so much, truly, uh, for being so open and, and passionate and, and warm and for all the people you're helping and that you will help and mm. for all the people that will be inspired by this that will in turn help other people. I just um, am, am so thankful for, for you and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Natalie, for this opportunity to share. Thank you for the great work that you're doing as well, mm -hmm. too, and just having a platform and being that voice, you mm -hmm. know, and, and getting this, if you know, information and frequency out to all that's open to listen. You know, that's, that's, we need that right. more than ever right now. So thank you for all the work and service that you offer to the world. Absolutely. Well, thank you again yes. so much for your time. You're doing thank awesome you so work. Much. And thank if we ever you. meet in person, I'll give you a big hug. And, uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds you come good. come to East Coast, let me know. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. you take care. All right. Yep. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sounds Heal Podcast, sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa. And keep up to date with what's coming up next at soundshealstudio.com. Check things out on Facebook at Sounds Heal Studio. And you can listen to all previous podcasts as well as music meditations on the YouTube channel at Sounds Heal Studio. Be well and stay tuned. <laughs>